Thank you for joining me for this GA Perspective. This is a CME program provided by Evolve Medical Education. I'm Dr. Roger Goldberg. I'm a vitreoretinal specialist at Bay Area Retina Associates in Walnut Creek, California. And I'm volunteer faculty at the California Pacific Medical Center Ophthalmology Residency Program in San Francisco. Patients with GA often report problems with the quality of their life and the quality of their vision, and yet it's not often reflected in the visual acuity. This is a disease clearly where best corrected visual acuity or Snellen visual acuity is not a great indicator of the severity of the disease because oftentimes, particularly if the geographic atrophy doesn't involve the center of the fovea, the central macula, oftentimes patients can do very well reading the eye chart, picking out you know, a black letter on a white background one letter at a time. But what happens is, when there's geographic atrophy that's surrounding the fovea, these patients are missing vision just off center. And so they'll often report difficulties, for example, reading, because when we look at a word, we can see the entire word all at once and our eye scans it and moves on to the next word. But when you have to pick out each letter one at a time, it becomes very difficult to read or read for long periods of time because it starts to get frustrating with how slowly your brain is acquiring that information. It turns out that actually um, surveys uh, asking patients with geographic atrophy report lots of difficulties with what we might call activities of daily living. So 50% of patients said they did not feel confident driving during the day, and nearly 90% of patients said they did not feel confident driving at night. In fact, I have a patient uh, of mine in the Bay Area who uh, isn't able to drive from uh, Walnut Creek, where I live, into Oakland and San Francisco because there's a long tunnel there. And in the tunnel, even if it's daylight, he goes into the tunnel and it's very dark. And he says he's, he's, he's basically night blind. His uh, dark adaptation is so slow that he really doesn't feel safe driving through that tunnel. It is lit, but it's much darker than the uh, outside environment. And, um, and it started to uh, kind of impact his ability to do the things that he wants to do. Finally, 82% of patients with geographic atrophy reported a worsening of their vision over the past year compared to 25% of age-matched controls. So these are the patients, they might measure the same vision on the eye chart when you see them six months or a year later, but they come in and they say, doc, I think I'm getting worse. And there are certain, um, certain of these phrases that you'll start to listen for and hear that should kind of raise the uh, antenna of suspicion that says, I better look at this patient a little bit more closely to see one, is there geographic atrophy? And two, is that geographic atrophy showing signs of progression? So let me share a case. This is a 96-year-old uh, Caucasian female. I saw her here first in 2017. She lives alone. She uh, actually gardens and cooks, so she's, she's no longer driving. She loves to read. It's truly uh, one of her hobbies. And I think kind of uh, reading and often watching TV are two of the uh, activities of daily living we often see uh, are very important to patients uh, kind of in this advanced age demographic. She's 2300 in the right eye and 2063 in the left eye. So in 2017, she had uh, foveal involving GA. 
Now, you can see here on the fundus autofluorescence as well as the OCT that there's areas of atrophy in the fovea, in the center of the macula, but she still has lots of good vision. Remember, this is her left eye, which is her better seeing eye, and this is the eye that's really helping to keep her functional. The fundus autofluorescence, of course, shows areas of hypoautofluorescence as well as areas of hyperautofluorescence. That hyperautofluorescence at the edge we'll talk about uh, shortly, but that's one of the risk factors for progression of geographic atrophy over time. Here is the measurements of her geographic atrophy, and this is a, uh, this is a tool that's available on most OCT systems, and I just freehand measure this, um, just tracing the outline of the atrophy on fundus autofluorescence, and it helps give me kind of a numerical way to follow patients. It can also be helpful for getting patients, of course, into clinical trials, which is probably why I had measured this patient's GA back in 2017, because at that point, we didn't have any treatment available to us for patients with geographic atrophy. Of course, that's different now. So what happened four years later? Well, now, unfortunately, she's 2200. She was untreated, and we see uh, really extensive atrophy, both on the fundus autofluorescence, as well as the infrared image, uh, which is to the left of the OCT. And on the OCT itself, we see uh, uh, extensive hypertransmission, uh, which is a reflection of loss of the RPE. We see overlying loss of the photoreceptors, um, on the OCT as well. And this patient, of course, is a very thin choroid. A thin choroid is another important risk factor for progression of geographic atrophy. So this is someone, certainly I wish uh, I'd had treatment available back in 2017 because this would have been a great patient uh, to consider treatment uh, to help slow the progression of geographic atrophy and hopefully preserve some vision and visual function in her better seeing eye. So what are some risk factors for progression of uh, intermediate AMD to geographic atrophy? Well, there are several baseline factors that are associated with progression of uh, progression both to geographic atrophy and then progression of geographic atrophy itself. What are some of those risk factors? Well, uh, a high central drusen volume, so lots of large uh, drusen, particularly soft drusen in the uh, central macula intraretinal hyperreflective foci, little kind of white dots that show up on the OCT in the retina um, is also a risk factor for pro progression. Subretinal drusenoid deposits, I think this is one of the more important ones uh, where you see the drusen, are, typical drusen are actually between the RPE and Brooks membrane. Subretinal drusenoid deposits are above the RPE underneath the retina and those are a risk factor for, um, uh, for progression uh, of GA and progression to GA. Hyperreflective drusen cores, so when the kind of the inside of the drusen is, is hyporeflective or a little bit darker on the OCT, that can be a risk factor. What we call double layer sign. This is a really important uh, sign to look for in exudative AMD because uh, it's basically a thin separation between the RPE and Brooks membrane. So what, normally those two layers are adherent to each other and you can't distinguish or see both the RPE and Brooks membrane. Finally, a 
Um, a patient who has C-Rora or geographic atrophy in the fellow eye, we know that's also a risk factor uh, for, for the study eye itself. So here's a patient I first saw in January of 2018. This is a 93-year-old uh, Caucasian female. She's very active. She's married. She writes and publishes poetry. Uh, she's pseudophagic in both eyes. In the right eye, she was 2100 with inactive wet AMD. And in the left eye, she was 2030 with dry AMD. And here's what she looked like um, on presentation in the left eye, which is the eye we'll be talking about here. And we see that she clearly has geographic atrophy and it's kind of uh, multi-low bar. So we see kind of three decent sized areas of atrophy on the fundus autofluorescence, which is on the left. And we see though that the central fovea is still intact. She has uh, RPE present. You can see the hypertransmission is just temporal to the fovea on that slice uh, right through the central macula. I should mention as well on the, uh, it's not pictured well uh, on the OCT, but on the uh, fundus autofluorescence, we see that she has subretinal drusenoid deposits. And again, these are a risk factor for uh, progression of geographic atrophy. Here's what she looked like in 2019. Now the left eye has declined to 2050, and we see that the areas of atrophy are clearly expanding. All those lobes are starting to merge together into one larger lesion. Her vision has dropped to 2050. We see increased hypertransmission on the OCT. Then I saw her in 2020, and again we see now her vision has declined to 2100. The GA is starting to kind of engulf. Typically it encircles and then eventually engulfs the fovea, and that's what we see here in March of 2020. October of 2021, now she's 2150, and we see uh, very diffuse uh, atrophy throughout the central macula. Interestingly, on the fundus autofluorescence, we see hyperautofluorescence. Again, that's another risk factor for faster progression of geographic atrophy, and that can be helpful as we're thinking about who do we treat. We want to treat the patients who are at high risk of fast progression, and hyperautofluorescence is one of those important signs. Now, in August of 2022, she came to see me. She was 2150. And I think it's important, uh, if you just look at the central scan, uh, which is shown on top here, again, we just see that diffuse atrophy. But it's important to look through the entire volume scan of the OCT, because this patient developed neovascular AMD, exudative AMD, at the infrotemporal edge of her geographic atrophy lesion. And you can see that as shrum or subretinal hyperreflective material uh, uh, on the bottom scan. And so this patient actually developed exudative AMD and I treated her with an anti-VEGF agent. And that shrum uh, thankfully uh, resolved. Here you can see uh, a month or two later uh, resolution of the shrum. Now, of course, she still has extensive geographic atrophy, 2150 vision. This is not a patient I would consider treatment uh, in given the advanced vision loss for her geographic atrophy, um, but certainly treating her wet AMD I think is important because that can cause more rapid uh, and extensive vision decline. At the ASRS 
annual meeting 2023 in Seattle, I actually presented some data looking at the exudative AMD in the Derby Oaks and Gale open label extension study. Those were the pivotal trials for pegcetacoplin uh, that led to its approval for the treatment of geographic atrophy. And we know uh, from those studies, as well as uh, pretty much all the studies looking at complement inhibitors as a treatment for geographic atrophy, that one of the side effects is an increased risk of developing exudative AMD. We certainly saw that in, in Derby, Oaks, and Gale. Thankfully, we didn't see any increasing rate of exudation over time. It seems to be uh, stable over time in terms of kind of patient exposure per year to pegcetacoplin. Patients did very well. Uh, they were treated both with an anti-VEGF agent and with uh, pegcetacoplin. Those injections were typically spaced out about 30 minutes during the clinical trial, and I'd certainly recommend something similar in clinical practice for patients who need both an anti-VEGF and uh, pegcetacoplin um, treatment. One of the things we learned, though, as we looked at these cases is, first of all, the exudation tends to be quite subtle, just like it was in this case. It always develops at the edge of the geographic atrophy. And so, you're, again, you really have to kind of be looking uh, with a high index of suspicion and look very carefully through the whole volume scan, because just like in this case, it can often be quite subtle. Sometimes using the uh, thickness map that comes uh, with the OCT review software can be a helpful way to look for changes from one visit to the next visit. Thankfully, the patients in Derby and Oaks did quite well with their anti-VEGF therapy. On average, they developed, uh, they needed uh, an injection of anti-VEGF about once every other month, pretty similar to what we see in the real world, and they had robust anatomic gains. The patients who developed exudative AMD in Derby and Oaks needed an anti-VEGF injection about every other month. They showed robust anatomic gains with essential retinal thickness returning to the uh, same level it was prior to their developing exudative AMD. And the exudation is always at the edge of the geographic atrophy. It can be quite subtle. It's important to look through the entire uh, volume scan, scroll through it. And it can often be helpful to look at the map that comes prepackaged with the OCT review software because that can help show uh, subtle changes in the retinal thickness throughout uh, the central six by six millimeters of the macula. Thank you for joining me for this didactic session and case review uh, for a couple of patients with geographic atrophy.